Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. we got Mike Conley, uh, Timberwolves point guard, right off the top via the Connecticut Water Systems hotline. And I think before we uh, get to any other matters, we have to congratulate you for apparently um, what well, kind of making history last night. I assume you're aware of this. I, I got this stat via John Krasinski, who I'm sure you know well, covers the Wolves for The Athletic. And he sent this out at 12.59 a.m. 36-year-old Mike Conley had three blocks tonight, second oldest Timberwolf to do that. KG did it when he was 39. He is the first NBA player, 6-1 or shorter, to have three-plus blocks in a game at 36 years or older since 40-year-old John, John Stockton. I assume this is the most important stat of all to you. It's the only one I care about, obviously. <laughs> uh, I was made aware of it this, uh, at the end of the game. I thought it was hilarious, but you know now it's also cool at the same time, so I'm, I'm not too mad. No, so... Um, is uh, look, I mean, you've got the lineage, obviously. Your dad, we talked about that uh, many, many months ago. Uh, gold medal winner, uh, track and field star. I think he won the gold in the triple jump in the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken. You would, I'm sure, know. Yeah. But he was also a long jump guy as well. So, is it possible Mike Conley Jr. picked the wrong career? Could you be? Could you have been an Olympic level? track and field great in the uh in some of the you know the the jumping ca- classifications yeah uh my dad thinks so for sure that's, <laughs> that's something that um he claims to this day is he, he he uses that as an example of why i'm still playing today uh in basketball because <laughs> i i should have been a world-class you know uh track athlete so um it's, it runs in the genes and i'm uh you know thankful for it but i think i picked the right sport for me so did you at any of the three now refresh my memory because i was in and out of watching the game did you do did, do you ever do the finger wag because i would think at 36 you should be allowed uh to do the finger wag if you like now that's generally not your style you're not a taunter you're not a guy known for any of that stuff but was there ever was there it was that the you know, the occasion where you said maybe i should finger wag on this occasion it depends on the block, you know, because they, they classify blocks differently nowadays. Sometimes it, it could be like, you know, you guy going up and I strip them as they go up. But if I catch somebody like going in for a, a layup and I smack it off the glass or yes. something, then you're going to catch a finger wag or like some kind of evil stare at the bench or something, <laughs> you know, do something crazy. <laughs> so who was the tallest guy you who shot you blocked uh, on this occasion? Um, uh, I think it was probably Jeremy Grant. Okay, I, I got he caught him in uh, transition. He was trying to get a layup, but other than that, uh, I think the other ones were uh, the point guards. So okay. it was more of my height. Yeah, and so a lot of it. Well, you know, we've talked about this before too. You, you, you've always been classified as an accomplished defender. In fact, I think you had some early, uh, earlier in your career, some all defensive team awards to your name. Uh-huh. Everybody gets older. You have as well, and the assumption is that as you get older, w- what you lose in terms of maybe the physical ability, you make up for in terms of moxie or understanding angles better, or playing, I guess, good team defense. H- how do you view how you try to stay relevant defensively? 
Yeah, um, that's the thing is, is you know, you, you definitely, the lateral quickness and the things you were able to get in and out of cuts when you were younger, you just can't do. It's like your, your knees will explode, basically. So it's like nowadays that you have to um, be more conscious of where you are in relation to the ball handler and, and, and where your team is um, set up defensively. And having those recognitions allows you to, to be in the right spots and guess right, you know, be in the right position for when a guy does drive. You know, you don't have to work as hard as you maybe had to when you were younger um, because you're just trying to take the the two-step angle instead of, you know, trying to do four or five steps to cut a guy off. And um, and, and I've always been a smart defender before anything, so that, I think that's always, you know, been good for me to be able to, to be on a team that has so many, you know, guys that can defend and, and for me to be the guy that's the fourth or fifth guy out there that, that you know, as far as defenders are because of how good we are, I, I love that, you know, being able to, to, you know, I'm still a really good defender, but not be seen as like one of the top defenders on the team is, is a pretty cool um, spot for me because I know I can still hold my own and, and, and affect the game in the way I do. Wolves point guard Mike Conley joining us at the top of the program. Wolves knocking off Portland last night, 121 uh, to 109. So do we, you know, um, you never know how accurate stories are. You're getting, at least in print and online, a lot of credit for, uh, even though you didn't score any of Anthony Edwards' 41 points, you're getting credit for um, many of them because of the belief that he was kind of on the fence about whether he was going to play, a little bit sore, and that you as the veteran leader you are, Kind of cajoled him a little bit and said, "Come on, man, you're you're not that hurt. You're fine. You're going to be okay." So, is this story accurate, or has it been has it been embellished a bit? No, that's a hundred percent, hundred percent. He'll tell you. He he loves to tell stories, but <laughs> he I saw him the night before um, we were getting back from coming in from L.A. We walked, his room was close to mine, and I kind of walked by him, and he was like, "Man." You know, kind of like moving slow. It's like, man, my knee, you know, it's kind of <laughs> sore. I don't know. I'm like, man, stop. You'll feel better in the morning, man. You know, I don't want to hear that. Like, cause he don't want to know what I'm feeling. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, I'm sore. Yeah. I got every, every part of my body is, 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 is hurting and sore. So I'm like, man, come on. You know, we're going to be good. And next day, you know, <laughs> before the game, he's still like, man, you know, I, you know, I don't know, man. Oh, I'm tired. Uh, I'm like, man, you got, you're going to be fine, man. Just make a couple buckets early. Your energy will pick up. You'll be good. And uh, lo and behold, he, he had the night he had. I think he realized, you know, this mind over matter at that point. It's an interesting uh, question because, you know, you've been around a long time. Um, there are players who are hurt and shouldn't play, you know, when they are hurt or there's a chance they're going to aggravate an injury, and I remember—I don't remember who I was talking to about this. It may have been the, the late great Flip Saunders a long time ago that that he thought one of the challenges for lots of players when they come into the league is that they have to understand they will never be one hundred percent again, and that doesn't mean that they shouldn't play, but that you do have to learn to try to fight through some stuff. So, as a veteran, you know how do you measure? How do you weigh that when when you know there's times where a player might actually be hurt? You back off. How do you judge? exactly when you think it's your role to, you know, maybe maybe needle just a little bit and when to back off? Yeah, um, you know, I think it, it pertains to the time of the year a lot a lot of the time because um, at this point in the season, um, I don't think there's a player that doesn't have an injury, you know, that's not playing through something. Um, there's many games that we've played and miles we've had so far. Um, so, you know, 
and there's points of the season where you're, you know, you're looking at the schedule and you're like, man, we need to win these next four games or we need to uh, come out of this road trip, you know, positive, whatever, wherever that may be. And, and you're looking across the room, you're like, you know, everybody's sore, everybody's hurting. How bad is your injury? Mm-hmm. You know, how bad is, you know, are you on in a boot or crutches or is it, you know, swelling, soreness, like chronic issue? Like you got to kind of know the person, but at the same time, if, like, if it's stuff that, you know, I know that everybody's dealing with and, and some that you, you at night to night basis that it's possible to push through, man, like you go out there and push through. And Ant's one of those guys who he, he won't miss a game unless he's hurt, you know, like he's got to really be hurt. A lot of our guys are like that, and I'm the same way. And, um, and you know, the soft tissue stuff is what yep. kind of is the, the scarier stuff. You know, the, the hammies, the yeah. calves, the pulled muscles, stuff like that, where, um, you know, those can be a little bit tricky. So those are the ones you really got to pay attention to. But the bruises, the bumps, the swelling, stuff like that, I think guys are, are pretty, you know, accustomed to trying to deal with that. Well, you know, um, we've talked a couple times over the years. Um, in fact, this summer, uh, uh, your head coach, Chris Finch, was in studio here about his own philosophy regarding load management. And he's, adam I don't have to tell you, I'm sure you know, adamantly opposed to the concept. He doesn't like the direction the league has taken. In that regard, he likes, you know, the new rules, at least attempting to discourage it. I don't know how effective it has been. But this team, Mike, seems to have sort of staked a claim different than a lot of teams in that regard. And I don't know if it's about relative youth or it's just a philosophy. What's your view on that whole issue? Yeah, um, you know, I think our team as a whole has has a has a collective mindset, starting from coach to the players. You got the right players involved who who don't want to miss a game. Like they, like like we talked about earlier, those those injuries that everybody's dealing with. A lot of guys sit out for. You know, a lot of guys will take you know an extra day or two. Like you know what I mean? Let me just take the night off because you know we should win this game. You know, let me take the night off because. But we, we got a team that's, you know, makeup where it's like, you know, you don't want to be that guy missing the game. You know, you don't want to be that guy that everybody else is, is fighting, everybody else is pushing, everybody else is um, building up that, you know, rapport on the court as, as, as being Iron Man kind of, kind of mentality. And, um, so it's like a culture. And, uh, and for us, it's, it's uh, you know, it's been good. And I think we've actually been one of the, the healthier yeah. teams out there, being, ironically enough, you know, this, but I think guys are, are willing to fight and play through and realize that you know, you're going to be fine uh, in the long run. Regular season, as you well know, is a grind, and, and part of the challenge is to not overreact, good or bad, to any single game. But I'm wondering if a game like the one against the Clippers, even as a veteran player, you looked at as, okay, this is kind of a cool litmus test game for us, where we are uh, we know where we are in the standings, but we know what people think of the Clippers. We know about the veteran uh, winning players they have in their team. They were, I think they'd won 27 of their last 33. You're playing them there. And you take it to them. You end up dominating that game, especially in the second half. Uh, do you view it that way? Is it one of those games to say, yeah, this is a nice confidence booster, even if we have a lot of confidence in ourselves, to see how we held up against a team You know, a lot of people are talking about as being a threat. I'm sure they still are. How did you view uh, the way that your your club came out of that game? Yeah, um, you know, going into that game, it was it was it was going to have to be a statement game for us. If we win this game, you know, I think it allows us to um, feel good, real good about where we're at. And uh, you know, the Clippers are a team that we shoot. We, they're going to be contending for a championship, and we want to be, you know, in that same kind of conversation. If if we want to continue to stay in that conversation, we have to 
to have have nights like we did in LA where, where we came in and, and, and won uh, on the road and, um, and especially when they're playing I think some of the better basketball in the league uh, especially over the last few months um, so for us you know to go in there and, and snatch that win was was huge I think it was, it's great for our confidence it's great for um, our guys to see you know who we can be and what level we can play at uh, and not only that, it's just how hard you have to play to to do that. How you know the the things you have to to put in to to win games like that. So you know it's, it's good lessons learned for us, and hopefully um, it's going to bode well for us going forward. And it's so ironic because, of course, not that long ago, um, a lot of us and you, including included, were lamenting the fourth quarter collapse against the Bulls. In fact, I think that was the game where afterwards uh, one or two of the reporters asked you, and you, I think, said something. In fact, I don't even know. Sometimes I don't even know. <laughs> What to do or what yeah. we need to do? Um, what what did you learn through that? And and what do you guys? What do you think it is that you guys? How you try to process that? Get to the bottom of it. Is it open conversation? Is it just playing different, better, whatever? Because it's quite a contrast. You know the Bulls game, obviously, um, yeah. and and the Clippers game. Even though we know there's going to be ups and downs during any season. Yeah, I think the Bulls game um, just kind of it all came to a head at that point, but it. We had been struggling, you know, in that in, in those parts of the game for you know the latter part of a month, um, and so it had been building. And I think up until that point, uh, we had had conversations as a group, as a team, uh, long film sessions. And I think what came out of our the one that was most recent was that we just weren't putting the the work in offensively. Like we put so much effort defensively on you know on the table we're we're scrambling we're running we're closing out we're giving everything we got and then offensively you know we're we're hard pressed to cut for each other you know we won't cut we won't get to the corner we won't space um and we'll do it in the first two quarters when everybody's fresh you know third third quarter fourth quarter when things start to get slower we tend to get slow you know our team slows down and we you know have to rely on iso and whether we make or miss shots and or not turn the ball over and i think um, you know, we weren't getting a lot of shots because we were turning the ball over due to bad spacing, due to guys not, you know, working to get open, due, due to guys not, you know, setting harder screens. And just we weren't sacrificing enough on that in the floor. And I think what we're seeing lately in the last, you know, week or so, two weeks, and um, these last few games is just guys are willing to, to sacrifice their body a little bit more on that end. And, and it's, it's opening up the floor for guys to make easier decisions and not have to, you know, be a, be a hero all the time. Mike, you played a long time and you've played on some pretty damn good teams, including teams that had some pretty significant playoff upsets. I think you were an eight and beat the second, you were this part of the second team to ever win over a one. So I'm curious. I mean, is this, do you believe this is the best team you've ever played on? Uh, I honestly, you know, I, I, I try to shy away from saying, cause I know I've been on some good ones, but I, every time I look up and down the roster, I honestly think this might be, um, one of the deepest teams I've been on and, uh, one of the best, um, I think roster constructed teams, just like the size that we have, the defensive prowess that we have, the amount of defensive players that we have, two way guys, uh, and a young, you know, young couples, you know, studs on our team, you know, and Jaden, Cat, like that makeup um, is like for me a point guard's dream, and this is the role I've I've wanted to have since I was a rookie. I don't, yeah, I love being on, on teams that have such great talent and, uh, and and you know want to be great. So this is going to be you know a fun ride for me. I'm excited for where we go, uh, you know, this season. Um, 
you added, of course, a backup point guard before the uh, the trade deadline. Monte Morris. He's played a little bit now. Um, give me your impressions of him and and where you think he can help you guys. Uh, man, Monty's going to be great for us, man. He's, um, uh, I, I call him, he's like, he plays a lot like I do, honestly. And I thought that since he came into the league, uh, very controlled, very under control, makes great decisions, can score at all levels and, um, makes timely, timely buckets and winning plays. And, um, and he's, you know, he's a vet. He's a guy that's been on some great teams, been on, been in Denver. He's been a part of those playoff series, played against him a lot there and, um, so he knows his way around the court, and uh, just having another uh, a mind out there like his is going to do wonders for our team. Just you know, cutting down on turnovers, just being solid, and um, and I know that he you know came off an injury earlier this year, so he's probably still just getting back into um, basketball shape because he hadn't you know played as much um, in Detroit. So I know he's going to just continually get better and better, and I'm excited to see him uh, just integrate with the team. The, um, the that was obviously the at this at least to this point the only move that you guys made. Other teams, of course, were very ambitious. I feel like part of that ambition is a view that perhaps a lot of franchises have that they, that this feels a little open this year. Now it might in the end not be. Who knows? I mean, Boston looks awfully good again. Denver's still Denver, but do you get that feeling that you know that as we've said before? Teams generally don't come out of nowhere to get to the finals. That's usually a process of you got to go through some you know ups and downs, and maybe you get to the second round and so forth. But I I sense that people feel like this might be a year where, like a team in your position, without really any playoff winning equity, feels like yeah, why not us? Why not now? Is that the view within the team? Do you think? I think so. I think it's something that we we recognize. You know, in training camp, you know, coming in, we say, hey, this is, it could be wide open. You know, this is a season that if we handle business like we, like we can, we can be one of those teams that, that, uh, surprise people at the end of the day and, and have a chance at running, running at, you know, after a championship. And, um, and the league has never, I think it's never been more kind of spread out with talent. Yeah. I think a lot of teams, a lot of teams have, I mean, especially you look at the West, man, it's like, yeah, I don't even know if you want to be the one or two seed. The teams you have to play at the yeah. seventh and eighth seed are just, you know, That's just tricky. good and capable. Like, it's like uh, unreal how deep uh, these teams are. So uh, I think everybody around the league truthfully believes um, that they have a shot, and we definitely do. I think, you know, Tim Connolly has built a team to, to win and win now. And um, I think that, uh, you know, Finchie and the rest of us have, have lived by that, and hopefully, you know, we get that opportunity. Two last things for Mike Conley, the uh, Timberwolves point guard, kind enough to join us off the top of the show. They're in between games uh, against the Portland Trailblazers, having won last night, 121-109. I mentioned Edwards uh, with 41 and um, uh, the role you might have played to make sure that he that he had gave it a shot. And obviously he was more than uh, capable of, of surviving whatever that knee issue is he's dealing with. Uh, an interesting comment from Finchie after the game. We're not going to play it now because it's a little lengthy. We may play later in the show. But if I boil it down, it, it was simply that he believes Anthony is at his best, and this is what he's still trying to figure out, and he's young. He's at his best when he makes quick decisions, not kind of holding on to the ball, surveying. And again, I know when he's on a heater at times like he was last night, you let him do whatever he kind of wants to do, right? You have to almost to play that out. But that struck me as an interesting observation that I think all the great scorers at some point need to figure out, right? That the quicker you go... Part of what Finchie's point is, the quicker you go, there's also a better chance there's going to be openings elsewhere 
that other people are going to be available to him if he has to give up the ball. Yeah, no, Finchie's right. I think it's it's more about his his quick decisions. Like, it's got to be, you know, I tell him all the time, like, man, you don't have to make everything tough. Like, it, like if you get an open shot, take an open shot. How many open shots are you going to get in a game? You're our best player. You're a guy that's going to get double team. Like, take the three when it's open or take the, the one dribble pull up when it's open. Don't try to, you know, create something that's not there. Um, but also use the advan- use the advantages that you get. Like you come off the pin down and they they trail you, keep going. Like drive it and, and take the advantage that you have, and then make a play from it. As opposed to like pulling the ball back out and starting to get into an ISO and you know making a, having to make a tough shot. So I think Finchie's correct in the sense that like, hey, you know, when you catch the ball, shoot, pass, drive. Like right away, go go right to what you're doing. Um, because they cannot stay in front of you. They're too strong. You're too fast, too athletic, and, and you have so much to your game that you know when you start playing in that in that space of the, of the court, it's it, it opens up a lot of things for them. And like you said, when he gets hot, you can just you let him have those possessions where he can, you know, dribble, dribble, and, and make fadeaways and, and tough shots because he's he's done his work, uh, you know, throughout the game. We started uh, kidding about the fact that you had uh, three blocks. Last night, and that uh, you're only you're the first uh, NBA player six one or shorter to have three plus blocks in a game at 36 year old, years old or older since John Stockton did it at age 40 in 2003. Can Mike Conley see himself still playing in the NBA at age 40? Oh, um, if I want to make it to 20 seasons, I'm definitely gonna I'm definitely seeing myself there, and I think I think that's what I want to try to do. So I'm. Uh, I'm going uh, to keep my body right. You know, yeah. if I feel anywhere close to what I feel now, uh, I definitely I don't, I don't see slowing down anytime soon. Why not, man? This is you, you, this team is the core is young enough and good enough where you, you, you have to think there, we can make multiple, take multiple shots at this thing, correct? Oh, for sure. Yeah, that's the exciting part, man. You know, just, just looking at the roster and looking where we're at. We, we've got, you know, we've got, we've got some years to make it work. Great to catch up. Thanks, Mike. We'll talk down the road. All right, thank you. Appreciate I appreciate it. you. Mike Conley with excellent uh, stuff from him as he always gives us. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.